Hello everyone, welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about all the newest books in the Dawn of X line. I'm your host, Nick, flowing through the clouds, accompanied by... That's it? Okay, cool. Uh, Josh, I'm just, I'm fucking breaststroking through these clouds with you, play. I'm just, we are just having the time of our lives way up here in the clouds. I was going to like redo your name, like the, like the, the little dragon thing from NeverEnding Story, but I couldn't remember his name on time. No, I can't. I can't. I my working knowledge of never ending story is very limited. I, I blocked a lot of it out for, for like obvious reasons. It's almost, same, yeah, actually. It's Maybe. like I I there I meet people my age who like have this like photographic memory of this movie. And I'm like, why would you want to relive that trauma? Why not just suppress that like normal people do? You know, like you kind of suppress your trauma, people. That's what we teach you here on the Don of X podcast. Don't talk about it especially to the healthcare professionals just keep it down it's fine that's exactly what we're supposed to do so my traumatizing never-ending story uh was actually james and the giant peach it's a terrifying movie no it's because you're you're such a baby yeah that, that movie is that movie like i god i was like probably a teenager when that movie came out yeah probably because i was a kid yeah you're some baby yeah no i never i actually never even saw it <laughs> It's terrifying, but great. Yeah, I mean, hey, I think I read the book, obviously, but like, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> guys, we have <laughs> a lot to get in today, so we're we not do. gonna do our regular jibber jabber bullshit. We don't have time for this dicking around, Nick. Dicking around, cocking and balling. All right. <laughs> well, we always got time for cocking and balling, <laughs> but maybe not dicking around. <laughs> <laughs> but on, on that note, so. We have a big event coming up after this. Our event. wedding. Wait, no. That's that's an okay event. It's not that important. It's not a big event. It's not big. We can't no. afford a big wedding. No, not, not right now. This not, on this, not on this podcast salary. <laughs> <laughs> we have the announcement of Inferno. I don't know if we talked about it last episode or not. I don't remember. I don't know anymore. Well, that's the next event already announced after the Hellfire Gala, which we're going to talk a lot about at the end of the show. So stick around, you fucking part-time listeners. <laughs> so we can all get gear up for the next event starting, well, it started this well, week. It started right? already. Some of you yeah. might have even known. Some of yeah. you might have even read it. I'm, I'm very excited know. to get to deep dive into that. I have the reading order already ready to go on my phone and everything. Oh, yeah, so. I got to pull that up, too. So to get things going, we're going to start with Way of X, number one. Josh, wait, did you, wait, wait, did you want to talk about Inferno? You brought it up, but we didn't actually talk about Inferno. Listen. What's up, Ben? I have theories about what it's about. Okay. So do you want to talk about it? You brought up Inferno and then you moved on from it, <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> you did not say anything about Inferno. I said it's the next event that was announced, yeah, but That's it all. sounded like you wanted to to speculate a little bit. Do you don't you don't want to? You just want that was just straight news. You were just giving straight. You know news. what? I don't because I feel like most answers will come out in Hellfire Gala. Okay, all right. So you don't want to make any wild speculations at this point. You want the main speculation will, will come up in the end when we talk about the uh, last issue of X Men. Yeah, yeah, I think that has a yeah. lot to do. <laughs> That's quite a bit to do with it. I think so. I think so. I think I don't think they're being very subtle about it. <laughs> All right. So way of X number number two. Sorry. Number, I keep thinking it's a one on my cover because the way it's written. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, under the X. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. But no, it's number two. Spy Sir Spurrier, and I don't remember the artist's first name, but last name is Quinn. So Way of X, our religion book, if you will, is, is getting deeper. And we, we left off, right, with Nightcrawler being psychically fucked with by Legion. And that's exactly where we pick up. But this time, we, have an, we start to find out why Legion has uh, decided to cause some trouble. He goes inside of Nightcrawler's brain. He's going to say a favor for a favor. So he goes inside his brain and he finds this little medallion type thing lurking about in the subconscious of our friend Kurt Wagner. And then he comes back out, manifests it into reality because, you know, Legion, and uh, shows him, hey, this thing was in your head, buddy. So uh, I got it out. So I did you a favor. Now I need you to do me a favor. I put some coordinates in your head. 
grab yourself a team and go uh, go go to those coordinates. So keep in mind the inner the inside of Kurt's brain. Yes, I was getting ready to say, yeah. Okay, so before before we get any further, let's talk about what the subconscious of Nightcrawler looks like. And it is a giant pirate ship being attacked by a fucking Kraken, yep. not a Krakoan, but a Kraken. And uh it's populated by the various forms of Nightcrawler. So we have a, a clown, like a jester, like we have a several pirates obviously a swashbuckler and we have a, a devout you know catholic praying all different versions but of course his true heart is the swashbuckling fucking adventurer which is why it's a boat so i asked you a question about you this did? issue what oh okay this yeah. is the one you were talking about okay because i feel like they're assuming, which later will be revealed who the main villain of all this possibly is, they assume who put this in Kurt's brain was that character. But I think this is the first hint that Xavier has been doing something to everyone who comes onto the island. I let's yeah, let's let's build to this. So yeah, I'm I'm just tempted to just spoil the end and just talk about that. But let's let's talk about the middle of the story. So we go to keep one of us has to keep that in mind though. Um, well, I, that's why I thought the moment even before I knew the ending, the, the moment I saw that part, I'm like, is this it? Is yes. This- okay. So yeah, the moment I see that he's saying, "Hey, there's this somebody's been inside your brain and they left this behind," Kurt. My first thought was, "Oh shit, that's Xavier." Um, but it could also be a byproduct of the cerebro backups that you know like it could be something like that it could be the big bad at the end it could be what they theorize which is that orcus already found a way to infiltrate Krakoa, and that's what that's representing mm-hmm. um but no i don't think it's going to be that i don't think it's going to be orcus because that's the obvious one yeah um I do believe it's going to be more closely aligned, more closely aligned with um, the big bad at the end. Mm-hmm. And maybe not necessarily Xavier doing it knowingly. Sure. Yeah, I guess. You know that. what I mean? So, but to get to that, we first have to assemble this team with Kurt. Yeah. Speaking of which, do you feel that we have to maybe not call Sinister? sassy sinister anymore because someone else in this crew might have the new title of sassy well i don't even more than sinister yes but i i think nasty nemesis maybe mm. Mm. he's not really being nasty well i mean he's kind of um, <laughs> all i know is there is a line where <laughs> what's his name what's this person's name again next to nemesis? fabian fabian yes fabian where he's explaining all those problems and Nemesis says, ah, let me stop you right there. You see, I don't actually care. Exactly, yeah. So the scene scene in question is, last we saw Fabian, he was fired from the the sword project. So now he's drinking his sorrows away at the Green Lagoon, listening to Dazzler perform. And that's where Nemesis comes in to not only shit all over Dazzler, you know, the most famous and and best-selling mutant musical artist of all time but to also take pot shots at at a brooding and sad fabian and then later at the end of this little scene nemesis discovers who he actually is and then he's like oh i'm sorry you're the guy who like worshiped magneto and did all these other dumb things he's like and you killed all those people he's like i didn't i ain't hurt any people I only killed humans. It's like, oh "Oh, shit, he's still a psychopath. That's good. That's good. But even Nemesis was like, oh man, you're fucked up. And so it is at this point that Kurt storms in, says, Nemesis, I need you. And then he runs and grabs Pixie and says he needs her for a minute. And Pixie's like, dude, what do you need me for? You you've this is honestly the first I've really heard about this, but she's like, You you can teleport really far now. What do you need me for? So I remember that he pushed his limits during um, during the Hope storyline, Second Coming. Okay. I remember he pushed his limits and was traveling way faster, but then he was also killed in the same storyline. Yeah. I don't know what the storyline was when he came back, honestly. Yeah. Not sure. Not Yeah. But 
So either A, it's something new and maybe that's something to do with Krakoa or B, it's happened in his past. And you, if listener, if you know about it, you fill us in. Um, So as he's getting ready to head out the door and bring his newfound team to the coordinates placed in his head, he comes across that lost person again. Uh, um, not, not, Not the lost person. Her name is Lost. And um, he's like, oh, I still don't have time to talk to you. I'm sorry I keep doing this, but I, I, have, I have to go. It's an emergency. Yeah, something bad. <laughs> yeah. And at that moment, she, know- she looks over at Fabian and notices that there's like this looks like psychic type creature standing next to him. And she like sounds like she's about to say something to him but then everyone in the room like happened before she starts getting really sick and then she feels bad and gets out of there but at no point do we see that creature standing next to fabian except for in that one panel yeah and she's clearly reacting to that and it's clear that like with all that like red pink and purple around him that it's more like an astral projection thing so you know what's funny I did not even notice that. I noticed it on the second read. I did not notice it on the first read. I thought everyone was puking because of what Nemesis did and was talking about like experimenting on everyone. Oh, no, no. It's because remember last time, like because of she has like this gravitational field around her. And remember when she was reborn, everyone like threw up because the equilibrium got messed up. Yeah. Except for Nightcrawler because he's used, you know, his equilibrium's fucking crazy. But so yeah, that's what happens. And so she knows that. Wow. I know. So she doesn't say anything about it. But yeah, there's something which maybe is maybe it's Patchwork Man who we find out at the uh, end. Kind of looks a little bit like that helmet. You know what I mean? A little bit, yeah. Um. So anyway, the main team here ends up in Saudi Arabia, which did. It looks like they teleport there. So if he can, if he teleported all the way to Saudi Arabia, that's pretty crazy. But I'm going to assume first was a gate and then a teleportation. But either way, so they find an Orcus base where the brain of one David Holler or Legion is being kept alive, like fucking what's that Ninja Turtle bad guy? Oh, crank, crank! Like it's just the brain that's that's preserved. Everyone else in the base was killed. I think that was his doing. I think his brain killed everybody, and now he just needed Nightcrawler to get there. And Nightcrawler's not sure exactly why he's there yet, but he he goes inside psychically inside of of David's brain with with Pixie, and they discover while in there that the experiment that Orcus was running on his brain was what happens when we infiltrate the Krakoan society with various different scenarios. And because David's mind is the way it is, they could play out all these different scenarios and truly see what would happen because he can create realities and blah, blah, blah. Um, And we learn after all of this that there is only, that what David really wants is for them to kill him so that he can be resurrected. And Nemesis, of course, gladly jumps at the opportunity to do it. But Nightcrawler says, no, I'll do it. Oh, sorry. It's the science of homicide. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I forgot that line. I meant to write it down. The science of homicide is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. And I cannot wait for him to have his own miniseries called The Science of Homicide. There was a very underrated book called, I believe it was called X Club, where it was all the scientists of yeah. the world. So it was like Nemesis and Beast, and I forget, there's two I remember, I can't remember. I remember reading it, it was like a weird, fun book where they just tried to discover new shit. It was like their yeah. Fantastic Four, basically. Yeah, that sounds really familiar. Huh. Yeah, I don't remember if I read it or maybe we've talked about it before, and that's why it's, I don't know. But Nightcrawler decides I'm going to be the one to do it. A favor for a favor. This is why you called me out here. Uh, I don't know why exactly right now it is you want me to kill you, but I'm going to do it. And at first he starts to say, Father, forgive me. And then he says, 
you know what, never mind. And then he pulls the trigger and kills David's consciousness. And I, I don't know, this is one of the few times Curse ever voluntarily killed anyone, as far as I know. Um, it really comes back with the whole, the writing afterwards about like, this is kind of like their rebirth. Like, yeah, this is better for you. Like maybe this is part of our culture. Like we mentioned last time with this book. Mm-hmm. He's accepting that having to die and be reborn is now just part of their society. Yeah, and there's a part of me that like, because of who he is and because he's so accustomed to being, and I'm talking about Legion right now, so accustomed to being like the outsider and looked at like the, the evil one, even though he's never really been evil, he's only ever been sick. Um, I, I get why he's like, yeah, I want to be reborn. I want this chance to be a better version of me but I don't want to admit that to anyone because everyone has been fucking mean to me, you know, like, and the people who run that society are the people most responsible for me never having the guidance or, or help I needed in life. So like, I can see his like reluctance and why he would reach out to somebody like Nightcrawler who is well, in the beginning. Forgiving. He did. Sorry, go ahead. You know, go ahead. Who is forgiving and, and, and truly empathetic. Well, yeah, in the beginning of this whole story, he doesn't like being called Legion. Like, he doesn't, it's a name that's insulting at first to him. It is, but in this issue, uh, Nightcrawler, Kurt, explains to him, he's like, you don't like being called Legion. You know why I call myself Nightcrawler? It's a worm. It's all this stuff. And he tells him, he's like, I own it. He's like, I've taken it and I've turned it into a a way in which I fight back. You know what I mean? So with that in mind, legion or david is is deceased and it's at the the rebirthing of david there's all this pop and circumstance there are literally people gathering and nervous like every there is a nervous energy like xavier is rushing to the to the area he is like frantically trying to get there magneto is flying he's not he doesn't look as as anxious as everybody else but it's magneto you know he's fucking But like every, there's like a palpable energy on Krakoa that Legion is about to be reborn on our island. Like, is that fuck? a good thing, guys? What the fuck is gonna happen? And he comes back, and when he, when he's birthed, once again, his father fails. Yep. He had a chance. And, and Charles says, "No, I can't reboot him. I can't take that chance that he comes back and, and alters all of reality. Everything. I can't, I can't do it." But fucking David Holler is more powerful than all that. He doesn't need him to. He fucking reboots himself. That's cra- scary. He, exactly. He goes That's into Cerebro scary. and out and boom, brings himself back. That's fucking... Because at first I was a little confused. I thought it was um, Zorn because there was two of them sta- like flying up there. Yes. And they have blue fire energy. So I thought they had something to do with it for some reason. Yeah. But yeah. But then we just saw he was, he was kind of blue in his astral projection yeah, a yeah. little bit. I think that's what they're... They're but yeah, that's it. insane that he just brought himself back. Like, that's some other god level shit. That uh... yeah, because he is the omegaist of omegas. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he brought like who knows how many other omega mutants are inside of him. Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe maybe since he's an omega, every mutant inside and of him. I is wonder disgusting. how come they can't just bring him back, but better like they have everyone else. Like, hey, fix his we'll fix his brain before we bring him back. Because I don't think. Because they're not fixing anything when they bring people back. They're being brought back the way they were, which is with their mutant powers. And he, his is a mental illness. So he's going to come back with how he was, a mental illness. Like they, they're not genetically modified as far as they're saying. They're not modifying anyone. They're just bringing them back. But no, they are though. Like there's people that said like, like when, um, I'm trying to get, oh yeah. Like they offered a Cyclops, like when you come back, your eyes will be normal. Like. You can use them normally. He, he made a whole thing about how he chose to keep it the way it is. And there was a whole protocol about like what you want added if you want to change things. Mm, that's that's true. But I, I I don't know. Maybe because the brain is different than a physical thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah maybe. So, all right. So, but, or because, yeah, because it's the consciousness that is being backed up. That's where the illness is maybe. Like you can't yeah. download it back without it. Maybe that's what it is. But anyway, so he comes back. 
he uh, tells Charles and Magneto to fuck off. He goes, he wants to go hang out with Kurt. And that's when he says, Kurt, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Things are not good here, my friend. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to suss out what's fucking going on. And I need your help. I don't trust Charles. I don't trust Magneto. Oh yeah. And I think I know who this patchwork man is. It's onslaught motherfucker. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) And that's the book ends with it's bloody onslaught. With a little, with a little like cloud shadow of him running into his helmet. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. uh, That's how this one ends. We get a hint back to one of the worst big bads in uh, X-Men history. Uh, but also, how? How is he alive? Like, Onslaught's well, supposed to be, for listeners who don't know, a fusing of Magneto and Xavier. Consciousnesses, yes. Yeah. And he, te- I forget how he took physical form all that time before, yeah, but it's the whole heroes you burnt born thing. I would imagine it's. I'm imagining he's back as a not physical being. And I'm imagining that something to do with Cerebro and the constant downloading and uploading of consciousnesses somehow brought back that consciousness because it was its own thing. It it became its own entity outside of Charles's dark side or whatever the fuck it was supposed to be. So that's all I can think of now, but I don't, I don't remember the last time, onslaught really was around either so yeah i don't, I don't remember know. last time this version of onslaught was around there was a few years ago a thing where um the red skull took the brain of xavier and put it in himself and then became an onslaught that's stupid thing. i don't i don't care for that uh, it was actually a really good story called uncanny avengers about humans mm. and avengers teaming up together it was a really really good uh run by rick remander i think that sounds yeah. The title sounds familiar. I don't. I don't. I've made. I just probably never read it. But yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, that's that was left field. Like that was real yeah. left field. That's I did the second not... time too that happened because last time it was like legions in this book, and then it's yeah. like onslaughts in this book. <laughs> I know it's a it's a who's who of uh like big bads. Um. But yeah, I, I'm I'm honestly more perplexed because I'm like, okay, well, does this go into Inferno or is this like a completely separate thing now that we're building even past Inferno? Like, I would crazy. think this would be part of Inferno. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what this version of Inferno will be, you know, because the first one was Ileana and Maddie. It was like a big storyline for them. Yeah. I, I don't think it's them this time obviously like but we did see maddie already so anyway five x's five x's yeah same five x's awesome book so far yeah man all right where did we say we learned again next up we have new mutants number 18 all right all right once again we got vita ayala and rod rice on arts which again rod rice still one of my top artists right now on any X-Men book. I fucking love his art so much, especially for new mutants with the Bill uh, Sienkiewicz type vibes to it. Anyway, this book revolves mostly around the crucible of one Tron. I forget their last name now, but uh, Karma's brother His personality, his consciousness is trapped within her, as it has been for many, many decades now. And she's decided that the way to get it out is through the crucible. And so she explains this to him through psychic projection aided by uh, Mirage. And he's like, this sounds crazy. You're going to kill yourself so I can be back? What the fuck is going on down there in Kirko? She's like, no, no, no. When you say it like that, it sounds bad, but no, no, it's really (laughs) cool. It's really a cool thing, Tron. I'm I'm telling you. And so he's like, all right, cool, I guess. And I like that we have this moment though, like, because I'm like, oh, really? We're just going to go straight to that? But then like, we have this moment where she explains, no, we tried. We had the world's most omega telepaths try to psychically separate us and even they couldn't do it so really the only way to do it is this and with that in mind 
we cut to the crucible and who who better to be part of um sean's crucible than danny so they must fight to the death with no powers with no powers and uh naturally they both accuse themselves of, of taking it easy on the other one which just aggravates them more and while this crucible is going on everyone's getting super into it and cosmer our our eastern european friend who s- alters reality around her and in doing so the first time completely distorted her figure it wasn't that long ago that she asked one danny moonstar if she would uh take take her to the crucible so that she could be reborn looking like she was before her mutant power took over and danny said no 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 that's not what we use it for but here they are using it for some fucking maybe it'll work maybe it won't fucking plan (laughs) with fucking Uh, with with mirage and so naturally cosmer's like i've seen enough i'm leaving and so she and the other disgruntled mutants head off which causes honey badger to seek the the advice of uh james proudstar and ask um so hypothetically i got some friends who aren't breaking the law but it's really fucking creepy what they're doing and they're hanging out with a really creepy dude i don't have a good feeling (laughs) hypothetically Let's say I'm worried about a path my friends are going on, but I don't want to look like a bitch. What should I do, James? And James says, girl, you got to look like a bitch. And so he sends her off. Well, I like when he was like, what do you think I was going to say? You've been through a lot more than most people. He's like, you say you got this or if you say you need help, I trust you. Tell me if you need help, but also I trust your instincts about people because of everything you've been through. So if you think something needs to be said, go say it. And that's what she does. So she follows them as they go to the boneyard where X factor hangs out because they have that body garden. And when they're there getting ready to find a body to, to reanimate honey badger comes out and she's like, guys, you guys are being creepy. You got to stop it. You've been really creepy, man. These people didn't, didn't give you permission to do this. Their argument back was like, well, they did. They donated their bodies to science. This is, this is mutant science. What we're trying to do, which honestly is a very good point. Yes. And, um, so she goes on and on, and finally they're like, listen. But you use that excuse when you steal a body from the morgue saying it's also going to be used for science. Yeah, I do. I, I, it sounds like a good argument because it's one I've had to make many, many times. <laughs> so um, at some point, the, the kids are like, all right, I've heard enough of you lecturing us, uh, Gabby. I'm going to tell you why we're doing this. It's easy for you. You get to fucking look like the cool ones. You get to like, look however you want. We look crazy. (laughs) No girl doesn't even have a fucking body anymore. Like we let us do this, you know, like get the fuck off our back. And so while this is happening, my sweet baby angel rain. Yeah. (laughs) Makes one of the worst decisions I've ever, in, in a life of bad decisions, rain is making yet another bad decision. Um, because I haven't been a good father figure in her life. You know what I mean? So she's yeah. making these terrible decisions. And um, she, I'm going to skip to the end of this storyline so I can get back to the, to the Danny one. She tells her, listen, you got to let your friends go their own way. I understand you being concerned, but if you have a problem with Shadow King, you should talk it out with Shadow King. You know, the uh-huh. is all about second starts. Let's, uh, you might find that he's a good guy. And she walks her to Shadow King and then says, all right, you got it from here. And then she leaves her <laughs> with the fucking Shadow King. Like, I read that and I was like, fucking Rain, what? <laughs> I know you don't have good uh, taking care of younger children, you know, like the ones you get in relationships with. But this is fucking crazy. Yeah. And so that's that's how the book ends. But before that, we go back to the fight. Danny and, and uh, Karma fighting back and forth. And finally, Danny kills her. And she dies in Beautiful her Beautiful art, by the way. The whole fight scene. Beautiful art. Oh, my God. The art throughout this book is gorgeous. Um, but she kills her. She holds her in her arms. My favorite part is that as, as Karma dies, Danny, I don't know what it says, but Danny says something in Vietnamese, which is just really sweet because that's you know what what karma is so like i thought that was really cute um 
And so karma comes back. We have karma's resurrection day. We don't see her brother, but we see her come back. Everyone's there celebrating. The whole new mutants gang gets back together. And yeah, it was a, overall a very good issue. I do want to take one second to talk about a data page that I skipped over real quick. The magic so, one? Yeah. So Ileana writes a letter to the Quiet Council addressed non-action report, <laughs> which I love. Um, and she she handwrites it with like a fucking pen. And she's scratching out words that she can't spell right because she's fucking Ileana. She didn't get a good education, which she's making known here too. So she writes the Quiet Council saying, I wrote you before saying we have these kids we need to take care of. And you told us, oh, take care of them. But um, we were raised by you. And so we're kind of like shitty at this because you were <laughs> shitty at this. And this is supposed to be something better. You raised soldiers. We want to raise citizens. So um, that's what we're going to do. And if you don't like it, oh, well, you, to you told us to do it the way we wanted to. And this is what we're doing. And fucking signed it magic, you know, signed it in yeah. her fucking, you know, mutant name. I fucking love it, man. Like Ileana is not fucking around with her like wards at this point. So I gave it yeah, five X's actually. I, like I gave it a lot. I gave it five X's too. It was fucking amazing. I love this. I love I love the celebration when Karma came back. I think there's been especially in the early new mutant run here, like this re reboot. Karma really wasn't a part of it for a while. So like having her come back and having the entire gang be around her when she's back, including Warlock was, is, I thought it was really cool. And I was really happy that she finally had that moment to shine overall. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with Gabby and shadow King or how I can justify the actions of my girl rain, but I can't. So overall, I like that. We're kind of ending that storyline and we're starting one with Tron and uh, whatever happens with shadow King. All right. So next up, we got Wolverine 12, which I'll be covering. Because I did not read. You did not read. I, I have a lot of feelings about this issue. Oh, you got feelings. I got feelings about it because it's just weird. So I'm going to tell you some of the writing. The book opens up with Wolverine and the priest who is now basically a vampire. She hasn't drank human blood yet, so she hasn't fully turned. Okay. Um, and one of her lines where I'm like, man, come on. It's Wolverine and her looking at the Eiffel Tower. And she says, I wish I could pluck up the Eiffel Tower and ram it right through my own heart. And I'm like, all right. Holy shit. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's literally the writing. Who wrote this book again? Pricey. Benjamin Pricey. God damn it. Yeah, that's really bad. I wish I could impale myself with the Eiffel Tower that's how sad I am at being a vampire. And just Wolverine going, hey, don't do that. Like, don't say those things. And it's like, he wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> like, like, no, he wouldn't. But also, like, imagine you're standing there with somebody and they're just, they're, they're sad, obviously. They've been turned into a vampire. They don't like that. But then they say to you, I wish I could just pick up that Eiffel Tower and run it through my heart. I don't think my first thought would be like, no, don't say that. My first thought would be like, that's, there are a lot smaller objects you could have chosen. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, they're way. Explode. Like, you know how large you would have to be? Like, then you have a bigger problem than vampirism. Yeah, weird. Uh, in the meantime, the doctor who's being forced to modify Wolverine's blood for Dracula has a little, a little data page of his own where he describes Wolverine's blood in a way I really like. He said, mm -hmm. if human blood is like an empty cardboard box, Wolverine's blood is like a brick house with a fireplace in the middle. And it'll take me years to understand how to modify it for wow. vampires. Wow. But he explains he's doing all this because his son, Dracula, has a son. And he wants to find a cure because his son's also in that weird middle phase between before he bites a human. Uh, so there's still hope for him. Yeah. So in the meantime, uh, the woman, the French vampire slayer woman and Wolverine are beating up vampires and whatnot. 
And then Omega Red pops in on the doctor and says, hey, me and you can work together and you can get out of here alive with your son. Cut back to Forge making like a UV, anti-UV ray suit for the French woman. How does Forge have all this time? I don't know. And a UV sword for her too. Oh, Lord. Sure, whatever. Forge is in heaven, though. Let's be honest. Oh, no, yeah. We'll get to that in X-Men, but yeah, definitely. Um, Then he goes to a meeting with the X-Force, explaining to this woman what the X-Force is. And he sees Omega Red there, and he's like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? And he's like, I made a deal. And he basically tells them, hey, I'm working with Dracula. So they know he's telling the truth because they already knew that before. Yeah. And he's like, I want a plan to beat them, blah, blah, blah. Um, basically, this is where it gets interesting, I guess, is the word. Okay. He says, hey, if they want Wolverine more than anything, <clears throat> why don't we just give it to them? So it cuts to Wolverine in a, t- in a chamber, and Dracula's like, check it out. We got Wolverine. We're going to be gods. Now, keep in mind, this isn't every vampire. This is just Dracula's core bad guy yes. army. Okay. So, what Beast did was make a husk clone oh, of Wolverine and infect it. So he, when Omega he talked Red about said, doing this before. Yes, but he's talking about doing it to the entire vampire race. Yeah. This is one isn't as dramatic as that. Okay. So they just have a clone husk of Wolverine as a dirty bomb or a Trojan horse or whatever brought by Omega Red. And then when the time was right, they kind of burst it out of nowhere and started fucking up all the vampires. So what... And I guess they beat... They beat his army. They beat... Wait, Dracula. so what? Had, so they drank from it or it blew up like yeah, a bomb? Yeah, they, they, put, they put Wolverine in this big... Basically what the cover of the book is. They yes. put him in this big... Okay, so they... Okay. So he wasn't secretly a UV bomb or something. He They drank from his blood and died. Yeah, from a clone body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So at the very end, this is where another thing I thought was weird and interesting. Wolverine's taking the French woman to a different place. He takes her to the other world where he's like, they have vampires here too, but they're different. They're not born from Dracula. They can help you. They're a good society. And I told them about Dracula and they're disgusted by him. So do you remember that place in other world? That's just all these like yeah. vampire. Yeah, it's where it's where that boy, it's where that one kid went. Yeah. So that's where he went, and he's leaving her there. And then he said, Someone says in the distance, if you're seeking an ally in death, you came to the right place. And then we see that horseman death. Oh. So that's where he is. Interesting. Okay. He's with these vampires. Oh, wait, yeah, that's right. Remember at the at, when he fought Storm. And she like cut him, and then as she walked away, she's like, "Well, what are you all waiting for? There's blood." Like, remember all those vampires descended on him? Yeah, so they basically took him and made him their king, I guess. Basically, seems like that. Yeah. So that's Wolverine. That was definitely not the worst, but also I still don't care. I mean, they're really doubling down on this vampire shit. Yeah. So I gave it three X's. Wow, that's a high rating. Just because the ending was interesting, the implication of... It's the implication of danger. Yeah. Well, no, the implication of mass genocide isn't cool. Yeah, it's not. It's The, the wink and nod at, at AIDS and, and, and that is not really cool either, I don't think. Yeah. That's a thing. Anyway, we also have X Factor number nine. So before I, you get into it, I want to say that my review feels a little in balance because obviously this book was rushed and i feel like the writer was solving two storylines in one. Oh yeah because this book's ending like i think has one more issue left yeah there's only one more so i think the writer was hoping you know like maybe another six issues or whatever and decide okay how about this and just hear how here's how i was gonna wrap up my storyline anyway but probably in a much longer way yeah yeah, definitely grading on a curve on this one because the, it was not, I do not believe this creative crew had any idea that they were only going to get 10 issues. Yeah. Um, but that is the world we find ourselves in. So 
Last we saw them, they were subduing the Morrigan or Siren, who was being possessed by the Morrigan, the, our team, and going inside the Morrigan's brain or inside Siren's brain to destroy the Morrigan. So that's where we start off. We got uh, Rachel and the and crew in the... So that's where we start off. We got Rachel and the crew inside uh, Siren's brain with her chrono scanning nonsense. I love all of Rachel's nonsense powers. I did like the way they were representing it in this issue. It's very cool. Yeah. And so she brought all their consciousness with them. And she's having trouble discerning what's going on. She can't really make things out as clearly as she usually does when she does this. And so they decide, well, we have to go further back then. We have to go back in her memory before she must have met the Morgan in order to see what's going on. And so they go back to the big party that we saw in one of the house of X Dawn of X books where, you know, Krakow was just being formed. And there in this memory though, there's this crazy creepy eye spider thing that is watching over all of it. And uh, we get there because iBoy has just, has just let everybody know that part of his power is being able to see magic. Yeah. Oh, magic was used here. I can see that. And so he sees this gnarly looking fucking crazy eye. Can I say my favorite line was around here where someone goes, I'm all ears. And then I boys like, oh. I'm all eyes. And he's yeah, so I, proud. My favorite is um, prodigy. Like in that split second, prodigy is quickly like, Oh God, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. He was, he's been waiting his whole life for that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so Rachel decides, well, in order to save her, I'm going to have to go deeper in the subconscious. I'm going to have to fight the, the Morgan. There's some kind of riddle I got to solve. It's all, it's all, like you said, a minute. It's all really rushed and, and convoluted. Um, but That's she, more convoluted, yes. Yes. And so she reaches back out of her chrono scanning to talk to Polaris saying, okay, here's what I'm doing. Here's my plan. I need you to keep uh, Morgan... Uh, subdued a bit longer so i can get try to get past this fucking riddle in her head and blah 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 and while that's happening i forget his name kyle yeah kyle uh north star's husband comes in and north star's like oh hey is my husband with you ask him what he wants for dinner and like rachel somehow finds herself in between while doing this mission trying to figure out this relationship fucking dinner plan and so she's like, no, nah, I don't want to be in the middle. So she just pulls Kyle into this thing too. And it's all funny and, and very, very well, Honestly, that was probably my favorite part of the whole issue, how they're showing the separation between psychic world and regular oh, world. The art, I, for my lukewarm reception of the writing of this book, um, I love the art. I'm going, I hope this artist gets to work with X-Men characters again, because I truly, truly love the way this person write, draws them. And so now that they've gone further back into the, uh, the subconscious of Siren, they discover the heart of the beast or the Morgan and that there's this riddle attached to it. And the riddle is a father to his father, a warrior who is no killer, a traveler who goes nowhere, a secret keeper who shares everything. And within two seconds, uh, Prodigy is like, oh, that's Shatterstar. <laughs> yeah and they're like wait why and he explains why and they're like but what about the father to his father thing he's like well because of his ability to, i guess just to pick up things you know like whatever his he's got crazy powers this prodigy kid um but he just stood close enough to to richter to learn all the secrets about about shatterstar thanks to their their love for each other i guess i i don't know i don't know it's Anyway, it's Shatterstar. Shatterstar is somehow the only the key to unlocking this thing. So, oh, conveniently, they stretched it out and told a story. I'm sure it would have been a much sure. reveal. I'm sure. So conveniently, Shatterstar is currently a Mojo verse, a, a place that they've, as Northstar says, oh, I've been meaning to get back there anyway. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Like I love that little nod to the yeah. I've been meaning to wrap up that storyline anyway. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. And so uh, that's where they go. But, oh, we can't 
because X Factor is banned and any known associates of X Factor is banned from Mojoverse. So they're like, oh, well, they don't really know that we associate with these various musicians and the new mutants. So they send in the Trojan horse of these various musical X-Men or musical mutants, I should say, to subdue the fucking crowd uh, because that one kid, I forget, his, his ability was to like amplify sound and like hypnotize people or something like that. And so they bring Dazzler and this kid and some of the other ones in and they fucking subdue an entire live crowd of Mojoverse creatures while Karma and Magic and uh, Danny bust into where Mojo himself is and threaten to murder him. And they say, oh, by the way, sign on this dotted line. You work with the X, you work with Krakoa now and you can't harm any mutants anymore. And to make sure you don't, they're leaving a wind dancer behind as the Krakoan ambassador. And basically she's there to make sure that Mojo doesn't fuck mutants over anymore. And so Shatterstar goes home. And in this moment when Shatterstar is home, uh, Richter can feel it. He can feel him through the earth. Their love is so strong. I don't really know what happens. They both somehow feel each other. Looks like the earth underneath the yeah, I don't know. The lighthouse comes up and then falls. I don't. I don't really know, but they have a, a very strong love for one another. But somehow he has to go inside of Siren's brain, and he is the one that cuts through the the curse with his. I don't. Know. I'm not gonna act like I know. I don't know what was happening. The Morgan is very, wasn't even high yet. I know the Morgan was very sad because all she wanted was to be the goddess of mutants because they can't really die. So she just really wanted them to keep sacrificing themselves to her over and over. That's yeah. all she really wanted. Like, come on. And that's honestly how the book ends. <laughs> to be concluded in the final issue during the Hellfire Gala. Yeah, which I'm assuming the wrap-up is Richter and Shatterstar see each other again and make sweet, sweet love at the gala. I mean, they should answer that whole storyline about the kid who's like, when did I die? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be cool if Prodigy gets an end to his story. But the one thing I did want to note is there was a cool text exchange between Northstar and Danny in which Northstar is like, oh, hey, you're a team leader. How much do you keep from the Quiet Council? Yeah. He's like, How much is a good amount to keep? And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, let's say I know more about a, a mutant's power than the Quiet Council does, but I don't want to tell them about it because I don't trust them. And then at some point later on, when um, iBoy is explaining all the new things he can see or whatever, Northstar is like, oh, wait, that reminds me. Uh, the knowledge of iBoy's power is X Factor uh, only knowledge. Okay, all right, we yeah. got that. Okay, cool. Let's okay, let's keep going. He really wants to keep that to himself. Yeah, he does not because he truly feels that Xavier is going to exploit the shit out of that. Yeah, which let's be honest, he will. Uh, I gave it two X's because uh, mostly for the art, and also like I don't know what's happening. And yeah, I don't. I, I, don't I can't even like you said. I can't really blame Leah Williams on that one. Yeah, I gave it three X's. Actually, I gave it three X's. Because I commend anyone in the situation that she's probably in. Of yeah. Like, oh, shit. All right. Let me wrap up all this stuff. I probably planned out two to three trades worth. Yeah. All right. Let's do it in here. I and hope. The art was good. And the banter, I think, was the, the balance between the banter and the action, I thought, was much better. Yes. Because the banter happened in the action, which, you know, is always best way to handle that in an action book um not banter first then action um 20 pages of banter yeah so but what i do i i really do hope leo gets another book um i do she is a good writer but i really hope that she's given a book in which the premise is something more akin to just like the personal lives of mutants you know like we're on Krakoa now. Like, let's have a fucking society book, you know? Like, give her something fun to write or give her like an overtly queer book to write, you know? Like, go like Honestly, if you give her a book just about how they live in the summer's house about yeah. the whole situation, it'll be awesome. Yes, that would be great. Give her that. Like, but don't dictate to her. Like it, it always, like we said, it always felt it felt like she wanted to do this, and the editors dictated, no, you have to also make sure that there's you know, explosions from time to time. Yeah. 
So speaking of um, Xavier exploiting people, yeah, issue twenty of X Men. Let's end on this motherfucker. Holy crap! There's a lot of bad things happening to, I don't know, to people. I don't want to say good or bad people, but people. So yeah. we open up with um, what? Sorry, I went blank. We open up with Mystique looking at Destiny's mask. And her asking for a massive weapon from, from Forge. And it's like, well, if you're telling me you need something special, you need to give me more detail. Like, what is it? Like, how big are we talking? It's like, well, I need it big. The biggest you got. And he's like, all right, you're talking like, can destroy the planet? Because you have to be off-world if he uses a weapon. Oh, it's off-world. So he realizes it's for Orcus and something they're planning. Now, essentially, Magneto and Xavier don't want to know the details of how she's going to do this. And she has a little line about how they don't want to get their hands dirty. She'll do it. But they feel now's the perfect time to destroy their space station before Nimrod is awakened. And she's like, okay, I'm going to do this, but we have a deal. You need I to do, yeah. Me. Sorry. Okay. I, um, I, I do like that she called them on their bullshit of like, yeah oh, you know, we've never really empowered you enough on these things to make your own decisions. And I think now that we're talking about this very scary thing, I think you should make your own decision. Yeah. <laughs> what a piece of shit. But yeah, go ahead. They were Back on, to the deal. Yeah, they were on an epic level of being pieces of shit in, in this story. Oh like, my God, They Truly. almost taunt her. They really. did taunt her. Yeah, they basically taunt her into doing everything. They're bringing but- the shit on themselves. 110 percent like if anyone else was writing this book i'd be like are they misunderstanding how the characters act but this is hickman's main book he wants to present them as these cocky assholes and it's very weird and off-putting and sad and keeping in mind that raven isn't a good person mystique has never been a good law-abiding citizen nope but you do feel bad for her because she just wants her fucking wife back she's flawed she's she's um She's right now the only relatable character. Um, And she's poised to become truly like a hero of Krakoa, frankly. I mean, well, depends how you look at it. (laughs) Well, now she burns it all down. But uh, (laughs) when they find out it's been built on a fucking pile of lies, I think they'll. uh... Well, that's the thing. We'll get to what happened in the mission. But if the mission did go successfully, were they going to bring back Destiny or just put another roadblock no. in her way? No, they can't. They can't bring her back. Like, Moira won't let them. Yeah, so then we cut to the space station for Orcus where they're turning on Nimrod, but with the memory of the main scientist from House of X, Power of X. Yep. So his wife put his, like, uploaded his memory into this body. And I did love the moment where he's like hugging his wife and he's so happy he's back and goes, that lady's a mutant. <laughs> I just, I love that scene too. That, that's a mutant. That's a mutant. Like very just immediate. And then we see uh, Mystique get a bomb ready, throw it in the center. And this Nimrod, which by the way, I love the design of this version. I really yeah. like it. It's like sleek, but not too sleek. Yeah. He just copied himself. To chase after Mystique. Yep. And it kind of basically, from, my, from what I can understand, explained it that to stop this bomb, he has to put like his whole self into it, but only a copy can come out. So his primary version is going to die. Not necessarily. He doesn't know for sure, I think, but he, he suspects. So like he can duplicate himself, but <laughs> every time he does, it takes x number of time for the consciousness to the host consciousness to to download into the new body so in between that time there's a chance that if something happens to the original that consciousness is gone and all that's left is the rope the whatever the personality of the duplicate is but doesn't have the full memory and consciousness of the original doctor and so like you said though he knows he can stop this bomb because part of his power is being able to literally just like control mass and matter. And so he basically 
covers the bomb in himself and like absorbs that that blast and while it's happening the other copy of nimrod blasts uh, mystique through the portal where xavier and magneto see her and we cut back to the sentinel named omega talking to i forgot this guy's name the scientist name yeah i forget his weird name too well one of the scientists of orcus explaining like yeah they hate us and they fear us and, and that's, that's why he's laughing because they yeah. almost died. They all could have died from this bomb. And we, from what we saw, I believe Nimrod is just the robot version right now. Well, I think we find that out. Do we find that out right? Yeah, we find that yeah, out right there. away. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he the consciousness of her husband is gone now. Yeah. But before he disappeared completely, the last thing he said to Mystique was something along the lines of, "Just know." that the first thing that happened to me when I came into existence was a mutant tried to kill everyone I loved and ended up making it so that I died and can't be with my wife again. So please know that the rest of my life will be dedicated to destroying all mutants. And then she, so like it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know what I mean? Like Nimrod was inevitable, but only in the such that, they kept trying to stop Nimrod from coming online to the point where it now became a personal vendetta for Nimrod to destroy all mutants. Yeah. In the meantime, the main professor, there's a line at the very end when Omega explains everything that almost happened to them. He says, they don't just hate us, they fear us. Like how the X-Men would talk about humans. Yeah. Cut back to Kokoa where... Uh, Mystique is being reborn and sees Xavier and sees Magneto and these fucking assholes standing there saying what happened and she's like you have my backup you know what happened we want to hear you say it yeah they're putting the entire downfall of mutant kind on her shoulders right now like we want to hear you say that you failed and now Nimrod's online because you failed and then she asked what about destiny and they said what about her yeah like holy shit there's also like i don't there's a part where they said we tried to save you but you died from your wounds immediately like i don't believe them i don't i don't believe that they tried to save her i wouldn't be surprised if they killed her selves like so they could bring her back and like have more control over her you know what i mean or like erase something in the way you know like or have complete access to her memories. You know what I mean? Huh. I don't know. I, I so then I, we maybe get... not, but like just that's the level of distrust I have for them at this point. Yeah, no, they're definitely the way they're acting. I don't know how to read fully how to read it. Exactly. I While we see what we see next, we get kind of a voiceover of what Destiny told um, Mystique originally. But what we're seeing is Magneto and Xavier going down to like I guess the bottom of Krakoa. And we see Moira for the first time since, like, since House of X, right? Yeah. We see her sitting so. downstairs reading a few books. And what looking... she's reading, I I found this out. Hold on a second. Yeah, if you look at it, I look closely. These are, what she's reading is the pro- are the prophecies that Destiny wrote down. These are books Destiny wrote. Oh, it says it right on the Irene Adler's library, whatever. I can't read the rest of it, but Irene Adler is Destiny's name. That's her like. Huh. So she's reading the prophecies of destiny that that's how talk about like this whole issue is what they're what they fear most is what they're obsessing with. And the book ends with what uh, Destiny said originally where if they can't fulfill their promise, then burn the place to the ground. And the book ends with a big ad saying, this fall, Inferno. Is yours? Show me your ad. So mine goes like a... Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, that's what I got too. Mine looks like this though. Like I couldn't tell if it was being cut off or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it looks like that. But yeah, holy shit. <laughs> holy shit, Inferno is coming next. And I like I like that uh yeah. 
I like that we know now that it's probably not Inferno. We, I mean, I guess we suspected all along. Probably not Inferno in the same limbo way it was with, with Ileana. But maybe more of a, quite literally, uh, everything set on fire. Well, see, this is what I want to talk about. Because we have the Hellfire Gala starting this week. And there's, I learned something from House of X. What did you learn, man? That they love to flip whatever you think it's going to be. Well, wherever oh, we yeah. thought House of X was going to be, it wasn't until like maybe the end. Yep. It was a big battle. So the Hellfire Gala is going to be something totally different than what it's presenting. Oh, of course. And it's going to lead to this next stage with like Inferno and the trial of Magneto. And we're going to find out wherever Storm is planning on going or what she's going to be doing soon. Like there's a lot of stuff, but also with Inferno, there was an ad I saw in a different book this week that basically said, like, all of the X-Men sins are coming back. There's so many. I started thinking of a list. We had this whole thing with Mystique. That's one problem. Yep. We still have Sabretooth in the fucking ground. Yep. That's another problem. Yep. We still have those four old ladies. Yeah, but are they sins of Krakoa? Not of Krakoa, but they're... I mean, in a sense, I mean, they, they're only doing it because of their drug trade. And the plant trade that they're doing. Good point. Yeah. Good point. We still have everything with Orcus. Yeah. We have Sinister's inevitable betrayal. Yep. And we still have anything that could happen with Moira. I think I'm gonna reread House and Powers of X before I start the gala. That's not a bad idea if they start going like yeah, especially if that's gonna finally. yeah, especially if it's gonna lead into any of this like Inferno anything with more stuff you know yeah so speaking of the hellfire gala i am very concerned that we're gonna see the reveal of some grand emma frost plot that she's been working with the original hellfire club or something because remember that last issue was really sinister between her and sebastian yes and we haven't seen um we haven't seen henry leonard that's his name leland leland yeah yeah he was one of the original members of that we haven't seen celine one of the oldest mutants, one of the most powerful, probably Omega level mutants. We haven't seen Celine. Yeah, that's true. I don't. Yeah, I don't recall seeing Celine either. I and mean, also, I think I see. I think I saw her in a background somewhere, but I, we haven't interacted with her. Yeah, it's like there's stuff like that where I'm like, they're doing this for a reason. This is the Hellfire Gala for a reason. Emma yeah. wants to make an impact. Something fucked is gonna happen. Oh, of course. I, I yeah. I I don't know what it is. I'm really excited to find out. We it started this week. We're recording yeah. this on saturday june 5th so- yes i actually have a list of what books should be out right now so the whole thing starts with marauders 21 x-force 20 and hellions 12 okay that's that, what that came out earlier this week yeah and then next week is excalibur 21 x-men 21 and children of the atom so they are involved oh, so they are involved all right so we'll try and do maybe like five of those books yeah, we could probably do that, yeah. Because the next batch will have planet-sized X-Men, which they're planning is huge. Yeah, it's planet-sized. Planet-sized, yeah. I, I, would, I, you know, I would hope, if you're going to call something planet-sized instead of giant-sized, you have something crazy in mind. Oh, it's it's Hickman and crew, dude. I'm sure they do. Yeah. So this is going to be, let's see, one, two, three, four. 14 issues long. Oh, wow. Ending with Cable 11, which I don't remember if that's the last issue or not. That or 12, I don't remember. Yeah. So it might I'm be. The, it might be because, yeah, because the big reveal at the last Cable, it might be the last one. Yeah, I have to look that up. But yeah, I gave this book uh, five X's. Oh, just because like, I think like it's building tension so well. Oh my God. Such a good, like, the, the having Nimrod come online this early too, like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, Everything they're trying to prevent is slowly but surely still happening, but now yeah. all at once. We oh yeah, another right. We still have the children of the vault. That's another one too. Yeah, that's still lingering out there. They have a lot of issues that could still happen. <laughs> Let alone all the side issue stuff of like Shadow King and like maybe Magneto doing something he shouldn't be doing. Yeah, they got like, their own internal shit happening, but they also have all these like outside elements that they pissed off along the way. And you can always throw a curveball of like, all right, now the human Avengers are not happy with you. War. Like, you know, there's so many options. Ugh. Crazy. Crazy time to be an X-Men fan. Definitely. 
So guys, on that note, Josh, where can they find you? You can go on Twitter and you can find me at Xbrarian. It's uh, just librarian with an X. I still think it's the most clever thing I've ever heard. I know you do. That's why I tell you every week because I know you get a kick out of it. What about you, man? They can find me at Madman3005. Thank you guys for supporting us. If you want to keep supporting us, don't forget to subscribe instead of just listening. We have a lot of listeners, a lot of just just people hanging out on the the edge and not joining in. Join in. Got a lot of edgelords out there. Yeah. (laughs) Is that what that word means? I don't really know. I'm not sure. I'm not going to test it. Uh, Until then, guys, we'll see you on on the razor edges next time.